Football cards collecting and investing all day, every day here on the card quest. It is official. Andy and I will be at the national. So we need help, right? We want to not necessarily have a table, but we want to set up and do a show. So if any of you have any leads on that, we're not going to take up all your space. We just want it for a little bit, baby. Um, but so excited, excited about that. Got some really fun things coming up here on the channel and Andy, the age-old question, you've been getting it a lot recently, and this is just what the super high-end people do. A lot of them just do quarterbacks. So our poll question is up. Who do you mainly collect? Andy, my question for you is, do you only do quarterbacks now? No, I do not only do quarterbacks because that would be highly uh, unbalanced. You know, right. imagine if you had a, a fantasy team or any type of investment portfolio. And now with these dynasty fantasy leagues, it's very much like an investment portfolio because you're stuck with the players unless you cut or trade them. And so when you compare that to having uh, your, your football cards as an investment portfolio, because you want your collection to hold value. I mean, everybody should want it to hold value. Uh, so it's, it's balanced. You know, it's balanced. I've got quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. I've even got some defensive players in there as well. I'd like to – that's probably one uh, sector of the football card hobby I'd like to get into uh, even deeper is the defensive players because, Carter, look at, look at for example, right, compare Justin Jefferson's rookie ticket auto values to that of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is right. never going to surpass Justin Jefferson's value. Justin Jefferson – is always going to be more valuable than Kirk Cousins. Always will be. And look, I like the fact that right now in the NFL, go to Underdog Fantasy, promo code Quest or my promo code Carter, doesn't matter. Go to Underdog Fantasy, sign up. Andy, let everyone know who the top two picks consistently in fantasy football have been. And this, and so, yeah, this is a great, uh, great point. It's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, two, uh, two LSU wide receivers. So shout out to LSU. Um, and, but this is in a, this is in a, a market. So that would be in a market that actually values uh, wide receivers and running backs over quarterbacks because of the positional scarcity uh, and the athletic profile and the opportunity that those guys have on their team. But if we were to look at a super flex fantasy draft, Carter, I guarantee you those guys would, uh, those guys are still going to be the first skill position guys taken probably towards the back end of the first round. But then we're going to have some quarterbacks go before them. Yeah. And look, I'm a guy who started his collecting journey with Burrow, but eventually moved to Tyron Matthew. I love defensive player collectors. I do. Shout out my guy Parker. He's an Xavier. McKinney collector that is a deep cut um but yeah you know I love collecting it all but I always like to be straight up with everyone as many of you know I have been focusing a lot on legendary quarterbacks just because I've enjoyed going into the rabbit hole from the tops to the rookie ticket autos to the actual game worn patches but modern Andy I I hope to see Brees Hall have an absolutely massive year Oh, B. John Robinson has an absolutely massive year. And Micah Parsons, I hope he continues to be what he is and make that draft class, that 2020 draft class, or 2021 draft class with him and Jefferson, that class, uh, not Jefferson, Chase, um, that class just had so many skill guys and defensive guys turn out to be absolute freaking superstars. 
to where football cards isn't just about the quarterback position. So what we want people to do, if you're watching this down the road, in the comment section below, are you only doing quarterbacks or are you moving to other positions? And I think, Andy, there will be more people open to moving to more positions because there were a lot of people that were burnt out buying thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and uh, Trey Lance cards. If I were any one of you, I would be hating what I did last year and moving to a guy like Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to make a huge leap into superstardom this year. I also think it's a little bit lower risk because think about it. You know, a lot of us understand you want a rare card. You want a card with scarcity, serial numbered, rookie autographed, you know, uh, maybe a high grade as well in there. And when you look at the value of those rare cards for these skill position players, a lot of time you can get a, a really nice one for under $100. Or in, in even in the case of like Garrett Wilson, you're going to pay a couple hundred dollars. But that same card for, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, for example, or even Mac Jones, whenever he was hyped up. And, and even now, even still for Mac Jones, that could still be close to a $1,000 card, in some cases more than. But for a guy that just was the offensive rookie of the year, and now he's got, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming in to throw him, uh, throw him balls, you could still get that same quality of card for a couple hundred dollars. So I look at it from the actual in, uh, in investment side of it, I mean, there's a little bit lower risk there. And then you also balance it out, Carter, we, uh, because anytime typically that a quarterback goes off, he's bringing a wide receiver, running back, or a tight end with him. I mean, all the guys in the league are synonymous with their alpha uh, wide receiver or tight end, right? Oh, yeah. And one thing I want to bring up, Andy, I actually had someone at a show recently walk up with a gold number to 10 Garrett Wilson card. Wanting a thousand dollars for it, and I was like, eh, I, don't, I don't have that just yet. Come see me later in the show. Huh? 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 Uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad that kids are open. I, I noticed this at the last show that I did. More kids were open to skill position guys, right? It wasn't just about the quarterbacks. There's a lot of uh, younger collectors, some in their 20s, some in their teens, that walked up to me uh, looking for skill guys. And look, I got a lot of. Justin Jefferson to Jamar Chase now in college <laughs> uniform, but still, um, I, I, I totally agree with you. And Andy, to take it one step further, you know, we've talked recently about Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. Uh, those two guys have been very interesting players uh, in the card quest community and just in general. A lot of speculation. You know, the NFC is wide open at the quarterback position. I just think the rookie ticket auto prices are are, are just steep. I mean, you're looking at over, what, $200 per sale, basically, on their rookie ticket autos? I've not checked recently because I'm just not going to look at those guys at all. And I'm like, God, dog. I mean, I can get some super rare uh, Jets and, and other players' cards for about that price. So, Andy, all we want people to do is, yeah, quarterbacks are going to give you the highest upside. If Sam Howell comes out looking like young Russell Wilson, then, yeah, the hype is going to be out of control, especially in a market like Washington that has good skill guys and they're going to have new ownership. There's a breath of fresh air in that franchise. If Sam Howell kills it, yeah, his card's going to go through the roof and they do have a good framework there in Washington. But that's the thing, Andy, he needs to kill it first uh, for all of that to pay off. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think that, that a lot of guys are, 
uh, you know, making a bigger bet. They're, they're trying to, it's almost like when you're buying a quarterback like Sam Hauer or Desmond Ritter, or, or now we're looking at Jordan Love, uh, you know, you, you're, you're making like, it's kind of like making a three or five leg parlay, right? You're trying to get more things to go right because ultimately it's part of that storyline, right? Are they, are they winning? Are they in MVP talks? What's their touchdown to interception ratio? You know, what's their EPA? Like all these things go in and then you look at how young they are, the draft capital spent on them, and that can kind of dictate how easily they are thrown to the wayside, you know, and um, you're making a bigger bet because you got to spend so much more money to get their nice rookie cards that if you invested in a running back or a wide receiver that has the upside in his athletic profile, that's proven it in college, that has had flashes of it in the NFL, but maybe he just needs one more domino to fall uh, to to get the, the, the bigger opportunity or to get a quarterback upgrade or just to be thrust to the front of the depth chart on his team. And all of a sudden that storyline comes together for that skill position player. And you, you only had to invest a fraction of that. And from a, like a flipping perspective, that's a home run recipe to make, you know, the same ROI percentage, just maybe on a little bit smaller scale, but at the same time, it's a lot less risk. And, and you have like a, a, a player that's proven to be good. Whereas a quarterback, they don't, they don't always translate that talent as easily from college to the NFL. One more thing on Sam Howell. I will say if you bought his cards now, he is going to look good in the underwear Olympics, right? He's He's got an arm. Uh, he, he's got a little flair to his game. I'm telling you, before the season, just one decent preseason game or one viral Terry McLaurin, you know, back shoulder, one-handed catch, how cards you could make a quick flip in the preseason hype. So, you know, going back to my point a minute ago, you might not necessarily need to see them play off or, or pay off in a game or whatever. But I I, I do think Cal will have a few of those wow kind of throws. We welcome in all our viewers here for the live uh, version of the show. Once again, if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, we go live every Tuesday, 1.30 Central, 2.30 Eastern. I want to shout out Steve, Blake, Matt, Derek, Mr. T, Bob, and I want to shout out BCJ and my guy Scott. Let's put Scott's comment up here. I like Garrett Wilson, but I love Chris Alave uh, because I think he's just as talented and his cards go for a lot less, Andy. Yeah, I mean – Alava is like uh, like his twin brother, right, from Ohio State, and he's he's in a good situation with the Saints. They moved up to get him in the first round. Now he gets a quarterback upgrade in Derek Carr, and your your Saints are kind of like fighting for you know uh, division title of the the dumpster fire division of the NFL. It shouldn't be too difficult of a path, although it may be. Who knows? But um, but yeah, I I do like Chris Olave because his cards are much cheaper. There could obviously be that um, that pop in the beginning of the season, um, and and I think it is it is it's good to make um, like it's good to make definitions or like draw lines in the sand of where you what your plan is to do with any given card that you buy. Like, are you planning to hold it long term? Are you planning to just make the profit on the card when it becomes available to you, or are you, do you have a lot of collection value in this card? You really are buying it for your collection, your wall, and you don't really have plans to sell it because I think that'll really dictate 
um, kind of how much you spend on a card and what your what your plans are and how much you could actually get back for it in return. You know, Andy, I'm a huge Traylon Burks guy, and I wanted the Saints to just draft Traylon Burks instead of moving up and getting Chris Olave. We still think Burks can go off this year, but I'm so glad I was wrong about that. Chris Olave looks like the real freaking deal for the Who Dat Nation. It is going to be interesting, though, because his target competition just got a lot more fierce, right? So they signed Foster Moreau, who's a very underrated tight end. Uh, obviously, Michael Thomas is back. Rashid Shahid, Andy, that's a deep cut in your underdog fantasy drafts. Uh, they just signed James Washington, but Chris Olave is still going to be the option number one in that offense. So, Scott, I love that freaking play. Let's take one more, Andy, before we get into another topic here from BCJ. Found two silver prism Kadarius Coney rookie cards at the card show this past weekend. What are your thoughts on him having a big year in Kansas City? Well, I, you know, I think everybody kind of plays second fiddle there to Travis Kelsey, and they're used interchangeably. But the thing that he's got going for him, you've got a clear Super Bowl contending team here. Uh, so if you don't find that opportunity early in the season, he is a really young guy. It's not, it's not a guy that I would go and spend an arm and a leg for, but he's a guy that I could see there being many future uh, events that could really hype up his cards, right? There, there's games in the beginning of the season. There's games where he could go off the middle of the season. He's He is electric in the open field. He's just a little bit of a knucklehead, Carter. So um, he's going to be relevant at any point, plus the playoff potential of the Chiefs. Now, all of a sudden, I think that if you could get a deal below comps on other receivers uh, from his class, that he is a really good a flip candidate. I just don't I don't expect him to consistently produce on a week in week out basis and get there from a like, hey, this guy went from being a uh, fifth, sixth round fantasy wide receiver to now being a first round wide receiver. Like we've seen the values in Debo Samuels cards do or even like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson do uh, it last year. So, you know, that's kind of where I see Kadarius Tony. He's kind of like that guy that just every once in a while pops up on people's radars and he gets a few buyers. But and then he goes back down. Yeah, let's. This gets into a pretty deeper philosophical debate, Andy, that you brought up recently, and I loved it. When you buy a Kadarius Tony rookie card, you're buying it in a New York Giants uniform. He's wearing number eighty nine, uh, which you know is kind of looked down on now. If you're a wide receiver, you don't want a number in the eighties. I hate that. I like the old school number in the eighties kind of thing. But his tenure with the Giants was disastrous, right? They used a first-round pick, couldn't really get healthy. There was some other stuff, and then he gets traded to Kansas City. So all his rookie cards and 90% of his cards out there are him in a New York Giants uniform. Now, I just looked. You can get some rookie autos less than 15 bucks. It's definitely worth it. Um, what is interesting about Tony going into this year, BCJ, is that a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans – already love him simply because he won them a Super Bowl with the punt return and the, and the touchdown that he had in that game. So there's always going to be Chiefs fans out there that will want a piece of Kadarius Tony in their collection. He's already accomplished so much for them while not actually be a, being a big producer, if that makes sense. 
But yeah, I think this year with Kansas City, with Tyreek Hill gone, they spread the wealth out. I will say that Andy Reid in particular loves Kadarius Toney. They wanted him in the draft a few years ago. Obviously, the Giants overspent and got him in the first round. Then they went and traded for him. That lets you know how much they do adore this man. And I I, I don't see a whole lot in Sky Moore. The Rasheed Rice pick was very interesting. I wasn't the biggest Rasheed Rice fan coming out of SMU. So Kadarius Toney might be the number one guy from start to finish. So, yeah, I mean, one thing I also like about him, Andy, he has got a nasty wiggle when the football is, is in his hands. He is electric. Kind of reminds me of a former Chief Dante Hall uh, when he has the ball in his hand. So there you go. Now, uh, Andy, I want, I want to ask you a question about release dates and all of that. We, we're seeing some optic out there. The, the sticker autos on on some of these, which are kind of you know disappointing, but still, uh, your, your thoughts on on the release calendar and and some other things you've been seeing. Yeah, so I'm I'm like the 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 set I'm most uh, anxious about, I guess, uh, eagerly anticipating is the 2023 Chronicles because that's kind of like my first uh, real opportunity once that settles here. Uh, sometime in June, like towards the end of June, and that starts flooding eBay. Uh, I do plan to make a lot of pickups on 2023 rookies that I expect to flash in uh, training camp and preseason um, to flip before their pro uniform cards come out because that'll be the only thing uh, available. It's very limited supply. Um, for, for this past draft class, you know, the newest thing on the block, Optic Contenders, Rookie Ticket Autos. Optic is getting ready to be released uh, very shortly. So th that's always a big demand product when anytime you have a rated rookie logo or you have that dick, uh, <laughs> deep ticket theme. I like how those two words go together. Uh, the uh, the Rookie Ticket Autos, those are always very popular. Yeah, and I, I was looking at a... Cade York. I don't know if there's many Cade York fans out there. He's a kicker, former LSU kicker. Uh, I, I've seen a few of his orange rookie ticket optics out there already. God, just it, it was a sticker auto. It made it, it. It 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 was a it was a dagger through my heart. Andy Frederick Theodore Case, and I was like, why? Just put it on the daggum card. But um, but yeah, as far as releases are concerned. I'm really excited to see how this will coincide with the national, obviously national treasures and odd stuff, you know, floating out into the atmosphere. One big thing about, you know, the national last year, it was a very heavy, at least on the vlogs that I saw Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, people were spending crazy on these guys and they can't play a lick. Um, it's Davis Mills, <laughs> Davis freaking Mills, Davis Mills. It was, um, it, it was, it was definitely a, a, a time, uh, to say the least, but yeah, you know, for me, I, I don't, I don't know, Andy, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about some of these releases with prism already being out there. We shall see what happens, uh, with all of this. Yeah, we really shall. Yeah, you got um, you could see here in the beginning of June, uh, you've got select for 2022, June 9th. You've got select coming out 
Um, and then you've got uh, you've got a Leaf product for 2023. But this this is really the big one here. June 14th, this uh, 2023 Chronicles Collegiate uh, Draft Picks. That'll be big for the 2023 class. That's going to be the most popular product that um, arguably, generally speaking, does the best for 2023 rookies heading into the season. And we know once we start getting more news and some of these rookies flash in training camp, uh, you know, some of these depth charts get shooken up and people, some of these, this is these players time to shine. And they're so young, they can drive so much fear of missing out. And those are really the only products available for them. So we can see some big spikes. There's big flip opportunities there, you know, big flip opportunities for um, running backs. Running backs are a, a big target of mine in this draft class. This is pretty deep ah. and you're going to have limited supply on those guys. And I, you know, my plan is for running backs is never really to hold them long-term. It's always more of a, uh, does this player have the athletic ability to execute given the opportunity? And if so, then I will invest in that player because especially if they're young, right? Especially if they're first, second, third year type player, they're under like 27 years old. There's there's still a lot of uh, future hype events in their in their career for me to flip that card on. Um, and I will definitely take advantage of that because those guys, you know, running back highlights, running back highlights are probably I'd say up there with the best all-time highlights uh, oh, no in the NFL. Type Y for yes, type N for no. You have bought more college uniform cards this past year than ever. I want everyone watching live right now, type Y for yes, type N for no. If you're listening to this on a podcast, answer that question to yourself, right? Because we have these licenses now. Tops, Bowman, Chrome, we've been talking quite a bit, and you mentioned the Chronicles draft picks uh, a minute ago, Andy. I, I've just, it just feels like there have been more people buying more college products. Scott says no. SP123 says no. Luis Ramos and Eclipse Cards both say no. But Mr. T, Derek, and a few others say yes. So uh, there you go. Can I say one quick thing, though, Andy? I did give out Tink Bigsby as a play of the week. I'm hearing some good things out of Jacksonville. Be ready for Tank. They're not going to run ETN into the ground because he has an injury history and first-round draft capital. Load up on Tank Bigsby. He is going to have a few spike weeks in the best offense he has ever played with in his career. Played at Auburn. Tank Bigsby produced in the SEC behind bad offensive lines with bad coaching and bad quarterbacks. Now you get T-Law, you get a good offensive line, you get a good division. Better watch out, Andy. The tank. Yeah, they're, and, they're, and, and they're not going to give uh, 100% of the workload to Travis Etienne anyways. So there's a, there's a real spot that uh, Tank Bigsby earns himself into a, a timeshare with Etienne and then if anything were to happen to ETN, say you've got a bunch of ETN rookie cards, well, it makes sense to diversify and handcuff them, just like you would do in fantasy football. Maybe you got ETN on your, your dynasty fantasy team. Well, it makes sense to go ahead and stash tank on your, your bench, you know, or have them in the taxi squad. I have those have those rookie cards ready in case anything were to happen in ETN, just like happened to his rookie season with the Liz Frank in, in preseason. You never know, can't predict injuries. 
but uh, you definitely that handcuff process works really well in in um, football cards as well. I want everyone in the chat right now. Give me the wide receiver that takes the big leap next year. Okay, I want that person's name in the chat right now. Is there a sleeper? Um, you know, there's been so much on Bijan Robinson, Andy, that I remember when Drake London and Kyle Pitts was all the rage in Atlanta. Um, I, I, I feel like there's just a few of these receivers that may or may not be going under the radar. I am looking for that wide receiver. Look at card guy 20. Look at card guy 20. Bring it. Just trying to placate to me right now. Terrace Marshall Jr. Andy, are, are you are are you, are you buying some TM6 right now, or do, or do you think it's the? Yeah, I've got. I definitely got some exposure to TM6. Um, yeah, I, I think that somebody on the Cardinals' offense is going to step up, and, and I I think TM6 does uh, fit that bill a lot, especially from a football card standpoint, because you've got pro uniform cards of him. He's very young. Uh, he does have a very good athletic profile. Uh, he's just been struggled with injuries or the incredible depth chart competition he had in LSU or the depth chart competition he had last year on the Panthers, the lack of, of quarterback play and offensive play calling on the Panthers. So it's like all these different things have held him back. Uh, and, and this year, I do believe, is going to be his most hyped year of his career heading into the season. Uh, if he can look good and flash in training camp, build some uh, chemistry with Bryce Young, and and hopefully that's not like Mingo or DJ Chark or Adam Thielen, you know, as the veteran there. Um, hopefully it's it's Terrace Marshall that they're showcasing in the training camp films and um, and in the preseason process with Bryce Young building that chemistry because somebody's going to step up in that offense and be touted as their their more or less their alpha. And so if, that's great because Terrace Marshall's got those Panthers rookie cards out. There's a lot of availability. Prices are dirt cheap. So it checks a lot of boxes where you can buy in super low on a guy that's in that Panthers uniform with the rookie cards and the autographs and the serial numbers and stuff and load up and, and hope for a hype boost in the beginning of the season. Because like we said, NFC South is weak. The Carolina Panthers schedule is pretty easy. They've got a pretty solid defense. And the offense is new. It's young, <laughs> pun intended there. Uh, it's it's young, so, you know, hey, let's see what happens. By the way, sign up for Underdog Fantasy. If you truly believe in these guys, draft them in Underdog Drafts because the ADP of some of these guys are so low. Take advantage. Uh, we get not one, Derek, who's a super sharp fantasy player. We also get Scott at the same exact time, are you seeing this, Andy, in the chat right now? They both type Nico freaking Collins of the Houston Texans. We even got a John Mechie mixed in there as well. Are you higher on this Texans offense going into next year, Andy, and in particular, Nico? Ah, man, I'm, I'm actually higher on John Mechie than Nico Collins. I, I am. I am. I do think Nico Collins has potential. He's shown potential going all the way back to college. And I think you could certainly weigh on weigh in on the way that Michigan ran their offense. But I do believe Nico Collins was misused in college or he would have had a better production profile and probably had better draft capital coming out and into the NFL. And now he does get a quarterback upgrade in C.J. Strauss. So 
it'll be interesting to see who steps up in that offense uh, between Nico or John Mechie, who now makes his rookie debut. But I love the storyline of John Mechie ultimately better. You know, he does have uh, some draft capital higher than Nico Collins. He is did go to Alabama. He is now a cancer survivor. And uh, he is entering essentially his rookie year and their pro uniform cards out for him. So I, I kind of like targeting him because I see the prices are pretty much the same. You know, maybe maybe Nico's a little bit cheaper and you can find a little bit higher upside just by buying it a little bit lower. But I think uh, um, John Mechie is still super cheap right now, too. Calvin Ridley getting some love in the chat from BCJ. I like it. I mean, one really good thing about Calvin Ridley, Andy, you get the 2018 year. That was before print runs got absolutely crazy. Yeah, and that's the difficult part about Calvin Ridley. Some of Calvin Ridley's rare stuff, people are holding that close to the vest, man. They're charging a premium for it. There's not a whole lot of Calvin Ridley entering auctions. You really have to be diligent and hunt those down because the uh, the availability of 2018 rookie cards is just nowhere near the same as it is for 2020, 2021, or 22. So uh, you have to be more diligent. Calvin Ridley does come with a premium, even his more base stuff like a field level silver or an optic hollow, those are still going to be over $20. Where if you were to look at Terrace Marshall Jr., John Mechie, or Nico Collins, that's a you know a dollar bin type card. That's just the the print run differences between 2021, 22, and 2018. Yeah, you know, I uh I, I should have pulled this up before, but there's a photo of me and Calvin Ridley at SEC Media Days. Uh, and I was pointing at his gold watch. He had like just the biggest watch I've ever seen. And I did a really good interview with him. So, I mean, I like him, even though he's a Bama guy. If you go back and listen to one of the early episodes, I think my first ever play of the week was like Calvin Ridley. And after four weeks, he was the number one receiver uh, in fantasy um, in in 2021. And obviously he was suspended in 2022. Now Calvin Ridley, Alabama, huge fan base, um, you know, being from the South, playing for the Falcons, and now playing for Jacksonville. I like it. I, I am all in on the Jaguars this year. I just think this offense is going to freaking explode with Doug Peterson. And I'm not even, Andy, as you know, I'm not even the biggest Trevor Lawrence guy. Um, but I like that. I, I, I like I like the minds of, of, of many of you out there, Calvin Ridley. Isaiah Hodgins also gets some love uh, from Steve. Andy, your thoughts on Hodgins? Yeah. Another very ambiguous wide receiver room is the New York Giants. We know that they're they're going to have to throw the ball more this year. They're uh, in a very difficult schedule. I'm not sure if you saw the Giants' opening schedule, but seven out of the first nine weeks, they're on the road. They're on the road. It's it's uh it's an NFL record dating back to 1990. So. The NFL is just raking the Giants over the coals this year. A second-year head coach, Brian Dable, has got his work cut out for him. Uh, Daniel Jones is certainly going to be put in a situation where he's going to have to throw the ball more. Obviously, he's going to use his legs and Saquon's legs as well. And uh, They have very dynamic offense, but they, you know, they spent some significant draft capital on Jalen Hyatt. You brought in Paris Campbell from the Colts who had arguably his best career year last year with the Colts. He is a guy capable of putting up a thousand plus yard season, but Isaiah Hodgins has been on the roster and uh, he is right now kind of like their, I guess you would put him in as their wide receiver too. 
next to Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, some combination. It's just a very ambiguous wide receiver room, Carter. I'm not sure who's going to step up there and uh, be the number one guy outside of Saquon and Daniel Jones uh, right now. Peyton Manning's boy, Jalen Hyatt. Better look out, man. The Tennessee Vols are, are coming for it all. And, uh, yeah, I I like Jalen Hyatt. I like how he fits in. I personally am a big Brian Dable guy. And I have tweets back when this actually happened. And I've gotten a lot wrong. But I said the Bills should have fired McDermott and stuck with Brian Dable. Um, but they didn't listen to me. And I get it. I'm not an NFL GM. But uh, Brian Dable was, to me, top five coach in the NFL last year. And I think that's going to continue. He is a very innovative mind. And I know they got to get the Saquon mess sorted out, but I like this offense going into next year, even with Danny freaking dimes. I I think um I think Hodgins is actually a decent play. I just looked at his rookie ticket autos, Andy. Ten bucks. You buy one right now, ten bucks. Fourteen Carter frees up for Oh, am I in here? Am I in here? Huh? 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 Is it just me? Type Y for yes. Type N for no. If you could just see me. Huh? 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 Uh, am I am I out here right now? I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, I. I so you could see me. You can't see him. Andy is uh, got so, the, the in Tampa. Uh, there was a black hole that hit uh, Tampa, so that's where he is. Right now, huh? 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 Uh, but look, uh, here was something that I wanted to get into, uh, to uh, today, and I was going to save this for Hobby. What's up, Andy? Good to see you, man. Hey, I'm back in my own stream. Awesome. There you go. I, I was just floating out here, just hanging out with all the Card Quest Nation, but I wanted to get into um, Hobby Tip of the Week here. Um, Andy, and this actually is going to bleed over a little bit into basketball. Okay. So, um, once again, this is a football card stream. I'm not going to go too deep into basketball. I love the NBA. I don't do NBA cards. I just don't. Um, but I, this was a pretty big thing that happened yesterday in the hobby that Michael Rubin flew out to Paris um, and it, it was geotagged in Paris. It might not have been in Paris, but still. He took a photo with Victor Wimbignana, who is going to be the most hyped NBA draft prospect since LeBron. Right? He's a seven foot four, uh, amazing wingspan, and he's a perimeter guy, which is weird. Um, but Victor Wimbignana on one of the cards said, first ever card I've signed as like an inscription. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I love what Michael Rubin is doing in this hobby. I really do. He knows all these guys. He's a 
it's hard for billionaires, Andy, to be cool because they're billionaires, right? You don't really relate with, with billionaires, but all the athletes love them. And it seems like he really cares uh, about this hobby. So it was very uh, interesting to see that. Now, um, I, I I want you to um, put Derek's comment on the screen right here. John Morant getting suspended again wasn't uh, the biggest story. I feel really bad, Andy, for the hobby altogether for the 2019 year. Okay? So my hobby tip of the week is don't get discouraged. Okay? Just don't get discouraged because I know that there are a lot of people out there for football and basketball that hold the elite 2019 guys, the draft class for football and basketball has been lit on fire for 2019 products. Okay. 2019 prism is just so dead, right? Because what happened, as you know, Andy was a lot of people sent in hundreds of thousands of Zion Williamson John Morant, and eventually Jordan Poole cards uh, to get graded. And Andy, they could not have tanked their careers any more than what they've done this year. Now, for three completely different reasons, still, um, that 2019 class was set on fire. The same thing is true with the Kyler Murray year, right? Because the quarterbacks in that class did not work out. Josh Rosen was one. Dwayne Haskins was one. Obviously, Daniel Jones. I don't think anybody really believes in Daniel Jones. We'll see. And then Kyler Murray is is not going to play to start this next year. Um, I just feel bad for people that were fans of that design uh, because 2019. Ugh, and I know Nick Bosa is in that class. He's obviously great. DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, all those guys. But, Andy, it was a brutal, brutal year for 2019 Prism because that was the final year of print run before the boom happened with 2020 products. Yeah. First of all, I, I agree with you because, you know, and it goes back to, and I don't know if you set this up this way, but it goes back to those people uh, targeting, well, a NBA, which was um, touted, you know, in the sports card boom as the, the most popular sport to invest right. in. And it was just, uh, you know, had this much higher ceiling because of the global reach and appeal and everything. Um, and the the five on five and and all that that goes into the NBA the no helmet effect, but but then yeah you talk about the quarterback class from 2019, uh, but you look at the skill position class man uh, for especially for the NFL for 2019 if you were targeting skill singles whether it was like you said Nick Bosa DK Debo uh, AJ Brown whether you're talking Terry McLaurin uh, you know Josh Jacobs. The skill position class from 2019 has done really well in in the NFL, and almost all those guys came into the 2020 season more or less undervalued. Some of them a lot more than others, like DK, I think was probably the most expensive skill position guy heading in, maybe with Nick Bosa. But um, you know, you look at that was like Debo. Debo took a big step in in his card value. So did AJ Brown. So did um, Terry McLaurin. So and and Josh Jacobs, where he kind of went down, but now this past year he's back up. So I look at the skill position class, and that's a prime example of why it makes sense to diversify and include these skill position players in your in your portfolio 
uh, when they check those those athletic profile type boxes and the the prior production profile type boxes and um, add them in there, man, because those guys are doing really well right now. I just feel really bad for people that, you know, because because Steve brings up the exact point I'm making Steve, one of our sharpest viewers, that class was out in the peak of the market, right? Because, you know, 2020 last dance happened. Then that product started trickling out. And then Zion and Ja were just so big. Now Luca in 2018 was a different animal in and of itself. But that 2018 quarterback draft class was really good, right? Because you had Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and both those guys are going to be superstars for at least five more seasons. I, I, I just hate it. I just hate it for people that were super excited about 2019 NBA, 2019 NFL, because what really sucks about all the all those athletes is they looked amazing. They looked amazing to start out. They, Kyler couldn't have started his career much better considering how bad his coaching was. And, you know, Zion and Ja were, were two of the fastest rising, you know, superstars. And then Jordan Poole and all of that. There was a lot of money poured into those guys, a lot. And with the market declining and people holding the bag for injuries or not being in shape or can't act right on Instagram, whatever the case may be, I just feel bad for those people. But don't get discouraged. Uh, hold or sell, do whatever you want to do. Stay in the hobby. Don't, don't let your players letting you down let you down. But Andy, you're a hobby tip of the week. Yeah, my hobby tip of the week is a, is a really, really uh, clutch one that I, I just realized this, and maybe a lot of you guys out there already know this, but I just realized this. So I went on uh, Panini's website to redeem my my first redemption. When you go on to redeem a redemption, you get the option of waiting what they say is 120 days, which if you talk to people out there, that turns into more like a six month process for the card that you that you bought on the redemption. Or you can exchange this for rewards points, which you get in a 24 to 48, 48 hour process from Panini customer service. And you can buy with rewards points a variety of different cards from uh, some pretty scarce, rare cards of known players to uh, you know rare cards of unknown players. A lot of unknown players, in fact. But the only way that you can get the 2023 panini premier uh cards that are that are going to come out later this summer is with rewards points so this one for example was a college ticket auto rashad white that i bought last year i was buying rashad white before the season i never redeemed it it's going to expire january of next year i i went and redeemed this for rewards points because at this point i could just buy rashad white cards in the bucks uniform it's a lot better for me right for my collection i like them a lot more so I got 250 rewards points for this. Actually, 250 rewards points is not bad. Now, the, my, my hobby tip is to go on eBay and hunt for all the cheap redemptions and buy them and get turn them into rewards points and then buy the Bijan Robinsons and the Bryce Young and all these other guys, uh, you know, the Joey Porter Juniors that go to the rookie premiere event this summer with Panini, and then they release those those are the very first pro uniform autograph cards. They're very limited print run. They sell them for rewards points on their website only, and that's it. And those cards will sell for four, five hundred thousand dollars. 
uh, individually. Uh, those are the type of cards you could you could get and then take to a show and sell for some buku cash right there. And they're all gotten with redemptions that you exchange for rewards points. I like it. Buku cash, baby. Lots of cash. I love it, man. Uh, by the way, speaking of shows, we're going to the Nashville, baby. We are going to – we don't have ticket. We don't have anything. Once again, I know there's more of you in here right now and then, uh, than from earlier. Anywhere we could set up and do a show, we would love to be able to do it. If you have a table at the National, we'd love to talk to you uh, about partnering or doing whatever. We don't want to take any of your sales or anything. We just want to be able to set up and, and, and hang out, record, do some cool stuff. Um, yeah, in but, fact, we can help. In fact, we can help promote uh, promote your your dealership. You know, we can help promote your business if we got a little sliver of your table to do a show at. Yeah, that's all. That's all we need, babe. We're not going to take up too much of your time. Uh, we're low maintenance too. Uh, let's get to a few questions before we get into play of the week. Mister T is AP a lock for the Hall of Fame? Will he end up being a top five running back ever? So let's start with uh, the blatant, obvious truth at the first part of this. Yes, he is as sure of a lock as any player currently playing right now, you know, maybe outside of Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Um, yes, long story short, yes. But will he end up being a top five running back ever ever andy that's a strong word ever is a very strong word it's i think it's likely i mean not likely it's probable let me let me rephrase that because if you had to like define to put a percentage to it you know likely sounds like 90 percent uh probability whereas you know, uh, probable is more like 50, 60% chance. I mean, the thing is, Carter, running backs aren't used like they used to uh, right. be. And they don't have the roles that they used to have where they literally put teams on their back. Um, and AP was the last one to win the MVP as a running back. So that is interesting. Uh, maybe B. John Robinson can change that, man. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think it's probable, but there's some really – I mean, there's some really good players that he's going to have to. Um, I, I mean, look, he's done with his career, right? I mean, there's a high, highly unlikely that he's going to come back and play anymore. Right. All right, so let's start with the guys that are clearly ahead of him. Barry Sanders is clearly ahead of him in my mind. Jim Brown, you know, we can get into debate about era, but, you know, the Peter Kings of the world are going to say he's ahead of him. And then Walter Payton for sure. Is, is someone that they're going to say uh, he is ahead of Adrian Peterson. Once again, we can get into uh, the, the era thing, but I think those three, you know, they were likable. They, I mean, there's a lot of different things. And then it gets into Emmett Smith, but Damian Tomlinson, Thurman Thomas. There, there's so many different guys, you know, in this next tier, Gale Sayers, so on and so on and so on. So I guess the better question to answer would be, is he the best back of the post-2000 modern era? And my answer to that is probably yes. Even though I like LaDainian Tomlinson more, 
Um, it's close between those two, but I think those two are, are so far ahead of just everybody else uh, on this list for me. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, he's not going to touch the the Walter Paytons, the Jim Browns, or the Barry Sanders. But with just like, I mean, some of some of his highlights and some of his film, I do. I mean, it's like you know, top top five ever. Uh, some of the runs, singular runs that he's made. As you, obviously, you can see from a pure statistical uh, point of view, he is ranked as the what number seven eight guy after right. oj simpson eric dickerson even so uh between marshall falk and eric dickerson so you know he's definitely obviously first ballot lock like you mentioned and all that uh, and i just don't think collectively his highlight reel is as great as some of the uh the top three guys that we mentioned but um man some of his singular runs are definitely up there and he's got a unique running style especially in the modern day area and i've got personally I've got him to thank for getting me into uh, fantasy football. Uh, he, he was number one overall draft pick in the late 2000s whenever I got into fantasy football. Um, he spurred the, you know, like he was the main guy on that show, The League, whenever, you know, that kind of really popularized <laughs> fantasy football as well. So, um, you know, Adrian Peterson was the the focal point of the NFL back in, in that time period when it comes to skill position players. And that was really before we started playing super flex leagues. So there was a big premium on AP. And uh, so I think for our, our kind of modern generation, yeah, he's definitely got to be up there as, as top, top one, two, three. We'll see how he goes down after everything's said and done, but that's where he's at right now. Pretty interesting. You can still get his autographs on, rare stuff from i mean i i sometimes go look at the prices it's still crazy um some more modern ones you can get for 80 but if you go back and look at 2011 07 which you know was his rookie year uh you can get on card autographs from 07 with jersey patches in them 75 80 100 bucks i mean that's that's cheap you know it's especially compared to patch cards of Pink Manning, Drew Brees, and and quarterbacks. So um so yeah, you know, I it's a it's if you want to use the word safe, you can use the word safe because he is as safe as you get. Now, is there a small field stuff? Yeah, but truth be told, I think most people love them some Adrian Peterson. And if you think his NFL highlights are great, go look at his Oklahoma highlights. <laughs> brother watch out but yeah you know it's it's a good question because like i will say like some peaks recently there there have been a lot of facts uh during this post 2000 run that had similar like huge season two seasons three seasons and then they just they vanquish right they they they're washed and i'm lucky to know uh, a, a few running backs that have had like NFL rushing leader peaks and all that stuff. It's hard. And, you know, with all the fantasy data we have out there about age 27 and all that stuff falling off. And it's, it's, it's crazy because there's guys like Jamal Charles, Jamal Charles at his peak was an absolute machine. The analytics community absolutely loves him. And then, you have Jamal Lewis, you have Aaron Foster, you have a lot of these guys. CJ Touquet. Andy, do you remember the mm. rain 
the CJ2K. That son of a gun was a beast. Yeah, yeah, man. And it's um and I think that's what scares a lot of people because a lot of people uh will will buy the rookie cards of these players and just kind of stash them and plan to hold them long term and think that they're gonna go in the um you know the shrine of collection the same circle as like you know the top guys like Walter Payton and Jim Brown and uh Barry Sanders and stuff like that. It just it, it doesn't uh it doesn't really it does it's it's just such a, a much harder path for that to happen for running back when we have scientific data that after 10,000 carries uh they, their production their efficiency really starts to decline and of course there's a couple anomalies like Adrian Peterson and Derrick Henry potentially but you know it's, it's just man it's just such a a small percentage of running backs that make it to the NFL can, uh, that sustain that type of efficiency and performance uh year after year let's um, go to a, let's let's go to a newbie look at this diamond t sports cards he was just searching on youtube and we're live baby let's go diamond t let's go at live every tuesday 1 30 and andy does lives throughout the weekend night as well good to see you um someone mentioned uh, curtis martin at least curtis martin is in the hall of fame but i want you to put bcj's comment up this was one guy that just slipped right here Le'Veon bell my goodness gracious andy part of that 2013 rookie class uh with tyron matthew travis kelsey so lots of cool cards in that 2013 year remember second year prism tops was still around andy Le'Veon bell was majestic with big ben and I'm still waiting on that boxing match between Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell because that would be a great hype event to uh, unload some of his cards if you've had them stashed because I do have some Le'Veon Bell cards, you know, whenever he moved to the Jets. And there was at one point where Le'Veon Bell was literally playing quarterback, running back, and he probably would have played wide receiver too if they asked him to, you know, and uh, Darnold had mono. I can't remember who the backup was. But uh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell in his heyday was was an absolute stud. It was uh, it was a shame to see his career get derailed by uh, by all those issues. And the biggest of which was one where he bet on himself. The contract dispute. I will never forget that. I will never. The, just the worst advice. And you know, I I'm a big Saquon guy. I'm drafted him crazy in underdog fantasy. And Andy, there's these reports out there that he's turning down 14 million. 14 million. The Saquon, take that in a heartbeat. CMC's getting 16 million. You're lucky to get 14 million. But yeah, I mean, running backs, it's it's just been a brutal, not just in fantasy, but in real life as well. I'm a big Alvin Kamara uh, guy. Man, what a year or two it's been for him. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's a very dangerous thing. And that's why, you know, it goes back to what Derek said earlier, running backs. It's a, it's a quick flip kind of thing. Don't, there's not been one that's been able in the modern outside of Adrian Peterson to really hold on for about a decade. If there's a guy that does it, I think that, uh, Bij I don't know if maybe I bought into the hype or if I've listened to too many, uh, analysts that have followed him since his high school days and have like grown up and, and saw what he's seen, what he's done for the community that he's been a part of. And it's just like his whole persona, his confidence and everything. 
Like I think Bijan's got a shot, especially going in in this Atlanta Falcons run heaviest of run heavy offenses you can imagine with the draft capital that he's got. I mean, it's just like he's going to get as much as he can possibly handle, and he is the complete package. So I think if there's a guy that's got a shot, it it could be him. Uh, to to and and how young he is, it doesn't matter if the Falcons go, you know, two and fifteen this year. If he finishes as the the rushing leader and the rookie of the year, he's going to have prices that eclipse most running back, even a lot of the quarterbacks' prices uh, after the season. I mean, go back and look at what happened to Jonathan Taylor. Look at the spike that happened to Brees Hall, just being in that big market, taking over that that backfield in his rookie year. And now you're talking about a guy as a top eight overall pick. I mean, it's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be crazy. We now get into play of the week, Andy. I'm going to let you go first, my man. Yeah, so you guys were were talking about um, all those underrated wide receivers. I've got a guy that's is in the middle of the pack. He's definitely undervalued. I think there's potential. I think you read between the lines in uh, what the Denver Broncos are doing with bringing in head coach Sean Payton and then, and then picking up Jerry Judy's fifth-year option. And with uh, the, the trade rumors around Cortland Sutton uh, just being potentially letting letting him walk, um, I think Jerry Judy is an underrated wide receiver. Ooh. And this guy, I think he could become Sean Payton's guy in this new uh, Denver Broncos offense, which I do think is going to get obviously a lot better. I mean, you got nowhere to go but up after last season under Nathaniel Hackett. So I think this is going to be a big boost to uh, the Denver Broncos offense, bringing in Sean Payton. Um, really hopeful about that. And I think that Jerry Judy right now is undervalued. Uh, we know he's got first-round draft capital out of Alabama. He was touted as the best route runner from that draft class. And I'm sure that's changed a little bit when you look at what Justin Jefferson has done and stuff. But uh, still, he's got a really good storyline. He's very young, and he really hasn't had the uh, perfect combination of both uh, quarterback play, coaching, and opportunities. So we'll see if those things line up. But if all three of those things line up this year for him, he is a guy that could finish as a top 10 wide receiver that's currently going, you know, around wide receiver like 30 to 50 range. I have to look at his current ADP, but I, I mean, I was just in a best ball uh, underdog fantasy draft uh, last night where I saw Jerry Judy going and it was like the eighth round. Mm, Jerry freaking Judy. Andy, I, I've already flipped all my Jerry Judy cards going into the Russell Wilson hype cycle. I just never bought back in. I And look, I, I had Judy as as my number one guy in, in that draft class. I did. And um, it's just not worked out. I, I don't know what it is. Um, a lot of these Bama receivers just uh, haven't worked out until... We get to my play of the week. I like Devonta Smith. I've given it as a play of the week before, and he went on to rip it in the playoffs and had a great Super Bowl. I think we could see him outproduce A.J. Brown this next year. We know the Eagles are going to be good again. And his rookie ticket auto prices, they have floated around 30 bucks, 20 30 bucks, uh, sometimes in the 40s range, just rare stuff, over 100 I still think the Slim Reaper can flat out play. Same offense, 
Yeah, they lost their OC spike, and I don't think anything's going to change. They return Kelsey, return that offensive line. I I still think Jerry Judy. I said Jerry Judy. I still think Devonta Smith mm-hmm. is going to go out there and freaking hoop this next year. So um, I understand he's from Louisiana. I understand I should be spiteful because he didn't go to LSU. I saw him light us up every year. Devonta Smith is so smooth, and that offense is going to murder it again next year. So um, I love me some Devonta Smith. I know it, it makes me makes me cringe a little bit uh, to say that. We're talking about a Heiser Trophy winner, a wide receiver. We're talking about a guy that is already going to be a legend in, in football lore, maybe more for his college career than what he's going to do in the NFL, but he's still really freaking good in the NFL. So um, showing some love to, to Devonta Smith, and look, if you – get a rookie ticket auto in the $25, $30 range. I know it's Justin Jefferson, but his rookie ticket autos go way higher than that. So he, he's not ever going to get that good, but I, I just see him constantly getting better and better and better. Uh, good dude off the field as well. Love me some D Smith. There you go. Yeah. He's uh, right there in that same, uh, same range as T Higgins, right? They're like, the one B combination on the, on their team on a very prolific offense. So um, I don't know. Would you, would you rather have Devonta Smith or T Higgins? If it, if it was a $30 rookie ticket auto, that's a tough choice for you. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm probably going to pick Smith. I really am. I think, um, you know, obviously Burrow and Higgins have a really good connection. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they've connected on some just, unbelievably tight window kind of throws, but Devonta Smith and Jalen hurts, man, that Alabama connection, they just kept getting better and better and better and better towards the end of the season. And I just love watching that offense. I really do. So I, I think the slim Reaper still crushes it. Uh, I, I don't think Dallas Goddard is as good as everyone says he is. And I think Smith is a little bit closer to AJ Brown uh, than most people would like to admit. So um, look out for Devonta Smith being the best producer in that offense. So Steven uh, follows that up here. Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, all buys for you. Uh, we touched on Ridley a little bit earlier. Your thoughts on a Texas A&M Aggie, Christian Kirk? Yeah, I like him. I, I find it interesting that Christian Kirk is going much uh, later than Calvin Ridley in these um, best ball drafts we're doing on Underdog Fantasy. Calvin Ridley, a lot, most of the time he goes in like the third round. But if you look at Christian Kirk's ADP, I mean, the guy is going uh, pick 51. So current current ADP of pick 51, that's like fourth, fifth round. So yeah, man, big big um, big ADP disparity there between Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, which tells me that there's probably a bigger discount on Christian Kirk. And the other thing is Christian Kirk has cards out now of him in Jaguars uniforms. You can target really rare 2022 uh, Christian Kirk cards that I think have a, a definite upside, definite upside. Because I, I look at Trevor Lawrence as, a, as an aggressive quarterback that wants to take shots downfield sure that fits calvin ridley's game a little bit better but christian kirk we've seen him take the top off of many of defenses uh he's a great great all-around wide receiver he's made some massive plays last year with trevor lawrence he's got that chemistry with him and then also with kyler murray before that so yeah man it's i think it's going to be another situation where those guys um are going to have like different spike weeks throughout the season 
So I think you've got opportunity on both of them. If I can get Christian Kirk a lot cheaper than Calvin Ridley, I'll definitely be um, be putting some money there. I see my guy Cody B, who, who super chatted a, a, a few times on here. Good to see Cody in here. He said he's loaded up on some T. Higgins. Let's go to Derek here, Andy. No love for Jalen Waddle. Top five wide receiver in the league. Now, that's a little steep. Is he is he undervalued though? Um, I would I would I think he's a great guy to compare to the values of Devonta Smith, uh, but then also you got to look at Jamar Chase, and I'm not saying that Jalen Waddle's card should get up to that of of Jamar Chase, but I would be really interested to compare the three of those guys together and look at where their values are at. Uh, to get a better understanding of where Jalen Waddle's kind of at in the hobby, but I know he is going to come at a significant premium. He does get he does get slept on a little bit because of Tyree Kill, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people concerned about Tua's future in the NFL, and so I think that's an, another big factor of, of like holding some of the potential Jalen Waddle investors back. They're just they're not sure if Jalen Waddle is going to have the same success with a with another quarterback not named Tua. Who has been – so how many puppies and big tournament drafts have you done on underdog and just in general? How many have you done, Andy? Like all time or just this offseason? Yeah, it's this offseason. Oh, um, six. Oh, you've done six? Okay, I'm about at six yeah. right now. Who's been kind of your guy? Is is there a guy that's just later and you're just snatching him that everybody's missing out on? Is there anyone that you can even think of at this point? Um, and by the way, I love Derek. Waddle is not a top five receiver in the league. Top five dynasty receiver? Okay, we can have a conversation. But right now, uh-uh. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But... <laughs> Is, is there anybody right now, Andy, that's just tickling your fancy? He's someone out there that you're just like, God, at this ADP, I'm just smashing this. Yeah, I I think there's I think there's a, a few guys. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the uh, the one best ball that I did. Yeah, I mean I definitely look at a few guys. Like J.K. Dobbins is a big one for me. Ooh. Um, yeah, J.K. Dobbins a massive one for me. When uh, them bringing in Ted Monken and them drafting Zay Flowers and Lamar gets this big extension, you know they want to try and preserve his legs more now. You bring in Odell, so the receiving weapons have gone up. J.K. Dobbins is fully healthy. Um, I think he could be an elite. He's got easy upside to be like a top five um, rushing leader in the NFL. And him going at around pick sixty three, which is where I got him in in this draft. That's a, that's that's a sick value for me. I, you know, Ted uh, when Ted Munkin was um, in in 2019, he was uh, what the offensive coordinator, right, for the the Cleveland Browns, and Nick Chubb had like I think almost 2,000 rushing yards that season. So uh, I'm I'm excited about the possible season that uh, J.K. Dobbins could have this year, and I think he's really undervalued. So he's a smash for me in the sixth round, like no no doubt about it. Steven says he's a Ravens fan and he has an C-H-I-T ton. Uh, I, I like the clean language there. No one knows what you're, what you're trying to say. <laughs> uh, of, of, of J.K. Dobbins PSA cards as well. 
yeah, it's mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about J.K. Dobbins. I, I've actually gotten Gus Edwards late in a few drafts. Uh, I'm still a Gus Edwards believer. I don't know how you feel about that, Andy, but um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of some players that I've just been uh, avoiding uh, in drafts. I don't know why I've been avoiding Derrick Henry. I don't. I don't know what the. Uh, I don't know what the reason exactly is. Uh, football card wise, I love 2016 cards. I just do. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know why I've been avoiding Derrick Henry. I, for for some reason, I have a sick feeling in my stomach that this is actually going to be the year that he falls off. Well, I mean, if, if that is the case, then it's definitely time to sell because you look at his more rare card, like the rookie ticket autos and stuff, they get pretty rare from 2016. Yeah. And people have, people have really gobbled a lot of those up um, going back to, you know, how his, his dominant year, the 2020 and 2021, where the, the boom really spiked for sports cards. Um, so now is definitely a time to unload. I mean, this guy's got prices that rival Jared Goff and Dak Prescott you know, the other, the quarterbacks that are well known from that year. So, I mean, now is definitely the time to unload for Derrick Henry. We've been saying that for like a year now, probably two years, and it still continues to be a theme. This year, he's dropped a little bit. Like I'm looking at his value now going um, more in the third, fourth round. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big drop when you look at, him historically always being a first round running back random what do you guys think about jimmy gq and in, in, in vegas this year i mean i'll tell you who's super undervalued he's a guy i'm going to be loading up on when these chronicles come out it's not jimmy g it's michael mayer uh, i think the Ooh. raiders got an incredible value out of michael mayer who was literally like in a, in a bad Notre Dame offense, Michael Mayer was literally the Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz in that offense. I mean, he's got easy upside to be the the top tight end this year. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, I'll oh, focus on Dalton Kincaid. And obviously I like Sam Laporta too, but I think Michael Mayer is going to outperform all of them on the Raiders. And um, I think he, he's teed up for a big year. And as a rookie, especially going to Notre Dame, and you just look at his profile and his film, Carter, I'm excited for this guy to be featured as uh, as the tight end one and on the, a big market team now in Vegas with uh, Jimmy G, who, I mean, he's going to be dumping it off and passing it to tight ends, Devontae, any chance he can get. Yeah, I'm in a draft right now, and I have the opportunity to stack Michael Mayer with the uh... – Jimmy GQ, but I already have uh, Mark Andrews and Sam Laporta. I'm a big Sam. I, Sam Laporta is my favorite tight end in this draft. He goes to the Lions. Uh, so there you go. Let's go to Cody. Super chat. BK knows tight end talent. You know what he's referring to? BK here, right here. Uh, you know, you know, you know what he's saying, Andy. BK. Help me out. He's saying Burger King knows tight end talent. That's what he's saying. No, I'm kidding. He knows Brian Kelly was Michael Mayer's head coach many a moon. Ah. Uh, and now Brian Kelly, for those that don't know who Brian Kelly is, he is a coach of the funnest, best sports team on the freaking planet. And if you don't know who that is, 
That is your future 2024 college football playoff national champion LSU Tigers. So that is, that is market down. Jaden Daniels. Let's freaking go. Huh? 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 Um, but yeah, we'll take a few more here. Cody, thank you so much for the uh, super chat. But once again, we are going to the national. Cody, send us photos from Dallas. Uh, Cody is uh, taking the card quest to Dallas uh, this weekend for the Dallas card show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Cody. go, Cody. Be on the lookout. I'm looking for some Steve McNair patches. I gotta get a, I gotta get a rare Steve McNair, uh, something soon. Uh, Alcorn State. Let's go. Did you know? That's the goal, man. Card show. Card show. Uh, goal of mine is to go around, have my little list of sleepers in my back pocket, and and just find out which dealers are undervaluing these skill position players and see what kind of low ball offers I can make and cash deals that I can make for cards that I I know I have a lot of upside in. Can't believe Steve McNair was getting defensive back offers, not QB offers. LSU offered him as a DB. And in 1992, they went two and nine because they thought Steve McNair was a DB and he went to Alcorn State and the rest is freaking history. Uh, but yes, this was a fun episode. This is one of our best episodes. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend you go back and listen to what we said about this disastrous 2019 NFL and NBA draft class. Add a long diatribe about it. It sucks so bad. I just hate the timing of it, that that was the class before the boom and the cards were basically already out uh, or kind of sort of out. But I, I just hate I just hate how everything basketball and football's unfolded in that class, of course, outside of the football skill guys. But Andy, a good episode. Anything else you want to share before we skedaddle? I mean, hey, NBA finals are in the books, so it's only a matter of time naturally for people start turning their eyeballs back to all the football plays that they want to make heading into uh, training camp and preseason. So we're in a little window here where um, where values for a certain guy, a lot of guys we talked about in this episode are at probably all time like offseason lows. So as as people are just kind of a lot of people are probably cooling off from the, uh, the crazy NBA finals. So you know, I would take advantage of that now and and get ready. Like, take advantage of that now and get ready. Did you say NBA Finals is in the books? Yeah. Right? Am I wrong? No. It's not much I, I follow the NBA. <laughs> I thought it was – I thought Game 7 was just – No, no, no. Sunday night. Yeah, it was Game 7 of the Eastern Divisionals. Like, the conference finals haven't even started yet. I mean, goodness great. <laughs> well, see, I'm a little bit early, so th this is per yeah. this is even it's better. Even better. This is even better. This is even better. This is how much I follow the NBA. I could have swore I saw a tweet on my timeline that said something about Game Seven in the books, blah blah blah, and and there was a certain it was a it was a card guy. It was some NBA players' values tanking, and so probably I'm like I'm like oh then that means the the NBA Finals are in the books, uh, and uh, yeah. No, no, no editing that out when you're live. No, no. What, what if Nikola Jokic was like a big fan of our channel and he was like, "What in the world is happening? How do they disrespect me right now?" Uh, but no, 
LeBron taking on the Nuggets. I like Denver. I think Denver's going to win it. I think it's going to be a Denver versus Boston finals. But we're not here to chat NBA. Yeah. But the Pelicans will land Victor Winbignana tonight. Put out the good vibes, baby. We'll see you next week, baby. Peace out. Appreciate you guys. Peace.